from the Situation Report for August 21st, 2021. This is Lieutenant Colonel Murray. You ever have one of those days where you just want to throw a sledgehammer through a plate glass window? That was my whole weekend. And it's it's a sign of just the the cultural angst that's appearing across the entire country. And I, I'll say planetary. People are on the edge because they know something's coming and they know something's wrong. And it's driving a lot of irrational actions and irrational decisions. And ran into one of those this morning, actually this weekend, this weekend that caused a lot of consternation across my team. And I, and I uh, pulled the plug on somebody over it. And I'll remind everybody that we're in a highly charged emotional um, moment right now across the planet. And people have a lot of angst because they know something's coming. They they don't know how to articulate it. They don't know how to, they don't know how to um, process through it. So it shows up in a lot of ways, anger, irrational decisions, irrational actions. It shows up in a variety of venues. So I'll remind everybody that what you're going to see over the next several months is just going to be nothing other than just crazy making. Don't try and put a rhyme or reason to why it's happening or what the intent is or, or, you know, what the motivation is. It doesn't matter. They're flooding the elite are flooding the system right now with garbage information, with, with, all kinds of psychological operations to create to create conflict across the community. That's what they're doing, and it's highly effective. It's working. It's it's working like a charm, and we're going to see more of it. Here's a case in point. There's you have the mainstream media, which no one trusts. You have legacy social media, which nobody trusts. You have alternative media which nobody trusts. And you the reason why people don't trust alternative media is because of people like, you know, McAllister, um, uh, Carrie Cassidy, you know, Michael Jaco, that whole group of malcontents, the Charlie Ward crowd, they have huge followings. They have huge followings of people that are completely lied to. In fact, I was watching, somebody sent me this roundtable with um, with Nino and with Jaco and with Carrie Cassidy. And all you have to do is listen to this woman for five minutes, and you will get a really big dose of just how completely off the rocker this woman is. Because first of all, their whole premise of the show is that this is a Pearl Harbor-style directed energy weapon attack against against Maui and that this whole storyline around the power lines going down is fiction. There are 10,000 people that watch this video and they have, I think each one of them has at least 100 or 200,000 people following them. That means that two or 300,000 people that pay attention to this are actually being fed information that has no basis in fact. And 
I'm not saying this from the premise of the technology doesn't exist or the technology wasn't used. I'm saying it from the from the aspect that there's not one shred of truth to prove that anything they're saying is true. And it gets even worse than that. Cassidy literally spends five minutes talking about how Kauai is a huge military base, both above ground and underground, and Maui is a huge military base, which is absolute fiction. Absolute fiction. And you can't correct her because she believes what she's saying. That is a massive problem because you have 100,000 people that think she's telling the truth. And you can't talk them out of it. That's And that's why, you know, the Washington Pundit, Revolver.News, and a host of Substack has such a hard time trying to get the truth out because of this kind of nonsense. There are no military assets on Maui or on the Big Island. None whatsoever, except for National Guard. That's the only thing, Reserve and Guard, that's the only thing that's on Maui. And it's not a big presence. And then you have Kauai, which the base she's talking about is called Barking Sands. It's on the very western edge of Kauai. And it is half resort for the military, and the other half is an airstrip that supports the missile testing that's done on the islands just off of Maui by the by the Navy. It's a missile test base. That's literally all it is. It's never been anything more than that. I've been all over that base. There is no underground anything because it's right on the beach. There's no underground anything there. Because when you dig down in the sand, 10 feet down, you're into salt water. But there's 10,000 people that have watched this video that believe that that is real, along with directed energy weapons. This is the problem with the community. That's why there's no unity. Because for every single story that's out there, there's a conspiracy spin on it. Not everything's a conspiracy. Not every conspiracy is true. And that's the problem with the community. And it's, it's so pervasive that you can't talk these people out of it. This, this, this is why I keep coming back to this group, because these guys are fucking dangerous. They're putting out information that's not based on fact. And they're telling people, just sit home, don't worry about it, good guys are winning. They literally say that Trump's still in charge. And if, you, if you've watched any of the, any of the alternative media, there's a host of people that don't just, they just pull things out of their ass. It's, it should, it should make your blood boil. But this is the problem that we have to face. And we're going to face this problem with these people during the midst of a crisis. And we spent the last three years, my entire team has spent the last three years to bring out the truth, to highlight the dangers in the bigger picture related to not just what was going on with COVID, but the bigger agenda, and then to train people to be local leaders. That's what, that's what our, the intent of this whole thing has been. 
And when you consistently have to debunk shit like this, and I've talked to Carrie Cassidy. I met her in Vegas. And I stood in front of her. And she knew exactly who I was. And I told her, you know, before she ran away from me, I told her, I said, half of the things you say are complete nonsense. There's no basis of fact for anything that you have to say. You need to stop putting this garbage out. You're a grifter. And then she ran away from me. And she's a clusterfuck anyway. Just talk to her. She can't She can't get her shit together to save her life. I don't know how anybody would tell anybody like her anything about military secrets. But that's the game. They put somebody on screen and say, well, this is a Marine. Okay, what the fuck did he do? What's his qualifications? Where'd this guy come from? Have you noticed a pattern, even with the Senate hearings on UFOs? Did you notice the pattern there? They put somebody in the seat, and this person's supposedly an expert. They're a whistleblower, and they're an expert. But they have no credentials that they can share with you or anybody else to say that this guy's actually in the military. Supposedly, the whistleblower that was in Congress was an NRO employee. Okay. So you're going to... You're going to sit in front of Congress and you're going to tell Congress that half the shit you need to tell them is classified. Well, it wasn't that a classified hearing. It's all smoke and mirrors. And it bears repeating, which is why I'm, I'm repeating this right now. If you want to be a good leader, especially in a time of crisis that's coming, then there's three things that you really need to pay attention to. Number one, is you can't get wrapped up in the minutia and the noise. Number two, to make sound decisions, you have to see the situation clearly without any, any outside influences or pre, pre-biases. And then the last and most important thing is you have to be able to articulate and communicate to people what they're seeing in a way that they can consume. That's what good leaders do. They present things in ways that people can consume it. And you're going to have to debunk a lot of this garbage. Because let me ask you a question. There's three assumptions you can make when if you're going to resist the government. Number one, there's going to be a massive federal response. And all those people are going to be believers. Number two, there's going to be a UAV over your head at all times. There probably already is. And then number three, and this is the most important one. Logistically, the assets you have are the assets you have. So you're going to have to make decisions to conserve your priority assets, maintain some kind of anonymity. God, I can't speak today. Rented lips. Today's lips are provided by Ronco. God. You have to to maintain some kind of anonymity and operational security. And that means you have to disconnect from technology all at the same time. That may happen organically as things develop. But I'm saying all this for a reason. It's because once you dis- disconnect from, from any kind of electronics and any kind of technology, then your decision cycle becomes all about observation and all about word of mouth. And that creates a different problem. But you're basing things off of what people can tangibly see versus what people are saying through technology. And those are two different observation points. And those observation points, it's going to be very, very 
um, difficult when things start to deteriorate for certain people to process and not be confused. You're going to deal with a lot of confused people. The true leaders in any neighborhood, any any city, any county is going to are going to be the leaders that are able to clearly articulate what's going on at a big picture level so people can put the pieces together and then start functioning. It's going to be very important that you do that from a facts-based observation point and not an emotional-based observation point, which is what these people play on. They play on the emotional aspect of this. Like this bitch actually believes that aliens are running the financial system and that we're in touch with all these alien races and they're guiding us through this and they're going to step in and help. Fucking not a shred of evidence for that. She can't, she can't corroborate it with anything. And then she says, Oh, I had a dream last night. And this is what's going on. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I was on a bad acid trip last night and the pink elephants came to me and they told me that you needed to lift home crazy bitch, but that's what you're dealing with. And Imagine that, taking that to a chaotic environment and then trying to tell people this is the bigger picture when they actually think that aliens are running the financial system. I'm being somewhat facetious here, but the point I'm trying to drive at is you're going to deal with the utmost confusion when things deteriorate to a certain point. And what's going to set you apart from other people is being able to state very clearly this is what's going on. And then guiding people out of that. It's going to be very important. Along with projection. Projecting what you want your community to look like when this is all said and done is just as important. Because we're going to, we'll need consensus as we go through this to keep people in the fight for the right reasons. And part of that consensus is giving people a solid basis to start with, meaning we want to restore the Constitution. We want to restore the rule of law. We want to restore fact-based reporting. We want to restore fact-based his, you know, history and civics lessons in school. That Those kinds of things are the, the basis for which you're starting. And, you know, uh, Rick Bossie and the Australia one, they tried to put together a set of principles for people to get behind. And I've had several discussions with um, several senior officers to talk through what are, what principles should we put out for the public to buy into? And this is where this discussion came from was the fact that several of the, in fact, one of the GOs that I talked to last week said, we, we want to put out, information that people can latch into the problem is when it gets into all alternative media it gets analyzed overanalyzed reanalyzed and then re refactored to the point where people don't recognize what we're doing and there's there's not one person that can be the figurehead for it it has to be an organic movement therein lies the problem because you have to have unity to start an organic movement with a set of principles that people can rally behind and we can't even get the community to agree on, let's wait and see how Maui develops so we can see what really happened. And when the truth will really come out, these guys are already down the street saying, yeah, it was, it was, it was directed energy weapons. Like, you know, 
fires burn hot and fires can melt boats they can burn up cars they can they can melt steel structures fire is a very very unpredictable thing you can't look at a, a melted car that's been hit by a high you know and again you're talking about a whole area burning at once under high winds that means there's an intense amount of heat being pushed by the wind you you can't just make a blanket statement that this was this was some technology or another and dismiss the fact that fire has characteristics of its own and things can happen naturally no, we're already down the road. This is why an organic movement can't take place because of these fucking retards and this stupidity. And it's all so they can make money. That's all it's about is making money. We want to wake people up. No, you want to take people's money because all three of you fuck, hit, fuck sticks are taking money from people. That's the problem I have with the whole system. And, and if we're going to move forward as a community, there needs to be fact-based reporting. Like, this is what we know. This is where we are. We don't do that anymore. It's all emotional-based reporting. It's stupid because that's what gives people like this a platform. And I wasn't going to rant on this today, but I spent so much time this weekend dealing with emotional-based decision-making and emotional-based um, emotional actions. That I'm just fatigued by it. And it's we're, we're rapidly approaching a point where things are going to start happening and people are either going to be ready or they're not. And now's the time to start refocusing our efforts and refocusing to being ready for stepping in when that happens and being the leaders, because these, these guys are no help. They're literally telling people to stay home, break out the popcorn and wait for the good guys to show up. That's never going to happen. There are no good guys out there. And if they do show up and I'm wrong, I'm going to go, you know, that's great. You, you, you let a bunch of people die unnecessarily from these vaccines. You let a bunch of people go to prison for, for not committing crimes. You let a bunch of communists into office. Go fuck yourselves. That's literally what I'll say to them. But I don't think that's true. And I think that what's going to happen is that we're going to be, a lot of people are going to be caught. And they're going to be disoriented. They're going to be confused. And they're going to need somebody to give them a dose of the big picture so that they can get organized. Probably while we're fighting a fight all at the same time. And that brings me to the social media. The legacy social media is doing exactly what they did before, gearing up for 24. They're hiring people to deal with disinformation during the 2024 election cycle. Everything I said about Musk is playing out right now. Everything. Right down to the fact that I said he is using Twitter to lure people back under the guise of free speech only to pull the same bullshit once we get close to the election. And it's exactly what he's doing. Hiring people to manage disinformation around the 24 election, and he just banned James Woods for calling him out. And, you know, I feel sorry for BioClandestine because he spent the last year tongue in Elon's ball sack, and he looks like a complete dipshit right now. He puts out some good stuff about the biolabs, 
But when you get sucked into that narrative that Twitter's the home of free speech, that's nonsense. Twitter is an intelligence platform that was created by the central intelligence agencies. Just like Facebook. There's no information on Twitter. And there's it's still an echo chamber, as far as I'm concerned. It's still an echo chamber. It's a toxic fuckhole of stupid is what is what it really is. You can change the name all you want, put a dress on an ugly woman, but she's still an ugly woman. And, and that is exactly what Twitter is, an ugly woman. And Jack Dorsey was a Luciferian, so you can assume there's Luciferian intent there, too. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that you're dealing with a sociopath. But how many people got duped into going back to Twitter? But that's just the start of it. The censorship is just the start. The next piece is they're going to take social media offline. They're already starting the purge right now. Purging people off of Apple, purging people off of X, purging people off of Facebook again, purging, and Facebook's a ghost town anyway, but they're going to purge off the main platforms. Then they're going to go after the platforms themselves like they did in 20, 2020 and 2021. They're going to start shutting down platforms. And once they do that, then you'll know that they're trying to consolidate power. And they're going to be doing that while everything else is falling apart because the system's falling apart at their feet. They're already messaging right now, just like they did in 2008. The messaging started in August. Well, oh, the markets are getting shaky. We're going to have to really watch them over the next few months because we've, we've anticipated that there's going to be some kind of a financial disruption over the next few weeks because of China's default on several of their key Real estate, loans, and markets are faltering as we speak. That could present significant problems for the USA, especially around the October rate hike for the Fed. Translation, we're fucking you. We're going to shut everything down and collapse the economy. Hello? They're already messaging that. And they're, you're seeing bottlenecks at the Panama Canal, you're seeing you're seeing shipping bottlenecks coming out of China, production slowdowns in China, disruptions to the to the logistical system, both trucking as well as the train system through the derailments. I could go on and on. All the indicators are there if you're looking, and if you're not looking, well, that's on you. But there are a lot of people that aren't paying attention at all, and they're going to be completely caught off guard when all of this falls apart. But Musk is exactly what I said he was. He's a lying sociopath that's trying to enrich himself by lying to people about free speech. He doesn't give a fuck about free speech. The only thing he cares about is making money. Again, he's got the largest satellite system, and he's trying to turn X into WeChat. That literally is the bedrock of the social scoring system in, in China. And he wants to bring it here. So all of that's playing out. And then, which brings me to my last point. There's not going to be any resupply once everything falls apart. You're going to have to barter and use, and, and I'm assuming the worst case scenario here, so just bear with me. You're going to have to barter and have a system of trade. Part of that system of trade is going to be protecting primary assets and key assets. When you're talking about priority A assets, that's an asset, it's a person, it's a place, 
or it's a thing that is either critical to defense or vital for defense. And all of those assets need to be protected because you the chances of getting or replenishing that asset would be very difficult if everything goes the way I think it's going to go. And we're probably going to be in the midst of a, of a significant world conflict when all this takes place. And when that happens, the bigger decisions you're going to have to make is going to be around which assets do we protect, which assets do we not protect. And every community is going to be different based on climate, based on weather, based on location, et cetera. There's going to be a lot of different decisions decision points that go into protecting those assets. My point is, like, one thing that Troop always um, always preaches is to be, to use the equipment you have so you know how to use it in a time of crisis. You're not trying to figure it out in time of crisis. And I, I, this is the same genre. Start thinking about which assets are priority and which assets you need to defend. And then start working out from there because there's going to be community assets. There's going to be neighborhood assets, all of those things that have to be protected. You're going to have to do and think through. Now's the time to start thinking through that. Just like ingress, egress plans, all that, you should be thinking through all of that. But at the same time you're doing that, you should be doing and, and, this is something they do in couples counseling, and it's it's highly effective. And it's the simplest thing that you can do. So when couples are in it, most of the time when couples go to counseling, it's because their their marriage is already over and they just need to go get confirmation that it's over. Because if marriage counseling actually really worked, we wouldn't have the divorce rate as high as we do. But that said, part of the reason why it doesn't work is because people go when their hair's on fire and not, not early in their marriage to establish ground rules. One of those ground rules that they teach you in couples counseling is to take a time out and to walk away from the conflict that you're in and readdress it in 20 or 30 minutes when you're grounded and set a time and say, I'm going to come back to this. Some of these bigger decision cycles that you're going to go through you're going to have to take a step back and evaluate the second, third, and sometimes the unintended consequences of that decision on other people. And I'm not talking about the life-threatening in-the-moment decision. I'm talking about the bigger stuff, like do we displace from this area and go to another area? It has consequences on everybody. So it's good to take a step back and collaborate and make decisions based on the collaboration that may divert you in a slightly or completely different direction. But part of that is you're, you're stepping away from your thought process and you're breaking the thought pattern and you're having other people provide input that may put, you know, move you in a different direction that you hadn't thought of. Collaboration is going to be extremely important over the next several months. And I say that because everything that you're seeing right now and everything you're going to see moving forward from social media to news to alternative media is going to be fiction and you're going to have to rely on other people that that can see and touch things and have line of sight to be able to make the right decisions because look at how many people are wrapped up in the narrative that 
Twitter or X is the home of free speech. There's still a lot of people that believe that. And it's an absolute fabrication. And that's why taking a step back is this, is everything I'm seeing real? Can I prove everything that I'm making assumptions about? Can I prove everything that I'm seeing is, is, is this, you know, a basis for making a decision? And that's really the most important part of it. It's just breaking the thought pattern. And when you talk to other people, they may see it differently and it may give you food for thought as you go through that decision cycle. In the military, we call those culmination points. And you go through those culmination points and you make decisions based on input from other people, what you're seeing, et cetera. But it's always based on facts-based, fact-based information. We have to get back to that if we're going to get through this. And the other piece is we have to get back to the point where everybody's working towards the same goal, especially when it comes to protecting priority assets. Everybody has to be on the same page. When they're not, you get people doing their own thing. And trust me when I say this, you won't have any patience for it because I don't. I have zero patience for somebody who's so narcissistic they can't stop. It takes 10 seconds to say, am I, am I doing something with a priority asset? And if so, what's the second and third order effects and how does it affect everybody else on this team? I have zero patience for that. Because you should be doing that as a part of a team and a bigger effort because that's the only way a bigger, bigger effort will survive. And if you look back at World War II or World War I, especially World War II, you're going to see the entire nation put aside all of their differences to support the priority asset, which was the U.S. military and the production of goods as well as food to go overseas to support our allies and support the people in the field. They weren't taking battleships and moving battleships by themselves. They were moving battleships in formations. They were moving carriers in formation. They were moving tanks in formation. And we should be doing that too. We should be prioritizing those assets right now so we know exactly what we have to defend and what's going to be irreplaceable. Because there are, I guarantee you, there's, per, there's people, there's places, and there's things that are irreplaceable that will affect the entire community. But the other thing is start thinking about what your community wants, should, what you want your community to look like when this is all said and done and work from that premise. Because if you can articulate that, you'll get people on board for the vision. And that's what's, that's what's sorely missing right now. It's why we don't have unity across the entire conservative side of the house, because there's nobody saying this is our vision. And until we get there, it's going to continue to be a shit show. And I don't know what the galvanizing event's going to be. I, I used to think it would be something, um, you know, something major, but these days I have no idea. So there is a lot of hope too. And I want, I want people to realize there's a lot of hope. This weekend I had probably 15 or 20 people tell me that there's some, they can feel something big coming. 
and they don't know what it is, but they feel something big is coming. And they they want their community to be united. That's a big change from two years ago where people just didn't care. People are starting to figure out that there's something wrong. Just like people are starting to figure out that maybe we are not ideologically that far apart. And that's a good change, too. We're going to see the shift in the American public. It's coming. It's already under. It's already happening now. We're seeing people raising their voices now. We're seeing, we're seeing people, you know, going after politicians now. We're starting to see the backlash growing, and it will only grow bigger. And it brings me to my final topic. This weekend, Alex Jones, uh, there was an Alex Jones video that was released. It was actually put out on on Bannon's channel that um, COVID restrictions are coming back in October because of the new Canadian var variant, the bullshit variant, which is coming out of Canada. It's the only thing that something Canada produces these days is bullshit. Just like DC, they only produce bullshit. So the new bullshit variant is coming out and they're going to lock down and go back into masks and the federal government, et cetera, et cetera. Your challenge is to get your community to resist in mass. Resist the big box stores. Resist shutting down your store. Resist shutting down your business. Resist wearing a mask. Resist doing the lockdowns. This is it, folks. This is the next battle. Be ready for it because it's coming. And if they... I. I'm telling you, if they try and declare some kind of martial law, civil war. People are fed up. They're not going to do the lockdowns this time. They're not going to do the COVID restrictions. They're not doing any of it. And our governor is stupid enough to to put out restrictions and try and shut down the government. I, I, I'm not going to play this time. I'm going to resist in every way, shape, or form. And it, it will get physical if I deal with any of those virtue signaling liberal morons that were empowered the first time around. I don't have any patience for them anymore. And you shouldn't either. You should be you should be warning everybody you know that COVID restrictions are coming back. You should be warning everyone you know that it's time to resist. That's the homework for the week. And I'm going to stick, I got a bunch of requests for music. Um, I'm going to stick with the Cranberries. And uh, I'm going to play another Cranberry song. I'm going to play Linger this time. Another one of their runaway hits. And... I love her voice, by the way. Fantastic voice. But I think linger is how everybody feels. We're lingering in this holding pattern. Everybody knows we're in a holding pattern. And they're ready to get on with things. So in lieu of that, here is linger by the Cranberries. God bless. One team, one fight. <laughs>
But you always really knew I just wanna be 